I had two ideas about this. One is kind of possible. You want me to fight Gordon? No, I I don't want I I don't want that because I need as much as I hate to admit it. I need you for the other half of this show, and I don't know that you would come back if you fought Gordon. I'm Justin Lesko, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Just as you guys have come to know this podcast as being the best podcast in Jiu-Jitsu, Flow Grappling and Who's Number One have once again shown why they put on the best show in Jiu-Jitsu. The most recent event headlined by Craig Jones and Luis Panza featured some of the best current and up and coming grapplers on the planet. On this show, we're gonna do our best to recap last weekend's show. We're also gonna be previewing the show that's coming in about three weeks. And on top of that, Who's Number One in Flow Grappling just announced a major tournament that's gonna be taking place in September. We're gonna take a look at that as well. And if you're listening to the audio only version of this, check out our YouTube page, which is linked in the description below to see a detailed breakdown of the finish from the main event with Craig Jones and Luis Panza. So you got the best podcast in jujitsu. That, that's us. Us, clearly. Yeah, it's clearly us. And then you got the best show in jujitsu, which is who's number one. I feel like I'm missing something. Could it be the best jujitsu apparel in the world? Maybe something made by grapplers for grapplers? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Good thing we have Epic Roll. Epic Roll BJJ is your source for all the best jujitsu apparel you need. I mean, by this point, you guys have heard us talk about it a ton, but whatever you guys need, they got. T-shirts, shorts, rash guards, geese, belts, pants, coffee mugs, art pieces, we can go on and on. Whatever you need, they got. Just go to epicrollbjj.com, check out all their merchandise, and when you're placing the order, don't forget to use the coupon code PODCAST15 for 15% off of all your orders. You can give Epic Roll a follow on Instagram at epicrollbjj, and like Mike said, visit epicrollbjj.com and use the coupon code PODCAST15 for a sweet discount site-wide. Now let's take a look at the most recent Jiu-Jitsu Supercard. Welcome to that Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. When we talked about Gordon Ryan being out of this event, you know, part of me was like a little bit excited because I am sort of a self-proclaimed Craig Jones fanboy and I steal a lot of my half guard and Z guard stuff from him. I I was happy to see him step into Gordon's spot and and he won his match in 47 seconds against a guy and Luis Panza, who was 30 pounds heavier than him. Like, yeah, the size differential was crazy. But if you look, if you watch Justin's, uh, breakdown of that finish. If you if you check that out and you and you start diving into the comments, you'll see that apparently that wasn't Craig Jones's Z guard. That was a knee shield. Did you see that comment? So I did see that comment. So here's a behind the scenes for you. When I post a video and I can tell that it's getting a lot of views, I don't look at any of the comments because that's what I'm here for. That's what Mike is here for. If you see a response to a comment and it wasn't like. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for watching. I think you're a nice person. If it's anything... If it's, I'm going to attack your IP address with reckless fucking abandon. Might might have came from me. Not to that commenter. I said Craig was setting up his Z-guard. I didn't say, and he switched to a high knee shield. But I think we're splitting hairs. But anyway, yeah. Craig Jones is the man. Everyone knows what Craig Jones wants to do and is going to try to do. And he 
still gets it done. So I think that's very impressive. But just outside of the main event, like, yeah, the main event was great. And this this event was awesome. But the rest of this card was really stacked. There was a lot of a lot of people on this card who you could put in a main event on another card on another organization. But who's number one just like loads the deck and stacks these cards. Okay, so they were all they were good fights with the exception of Wagner and Josh Hanger, which how the fuck you don't go to the ground. And, and I I like I like Wagner and Josh Hanger is, you know, a very well-known and highly regarded jiu-jitsu practitioner outside of the Gordon Ryan circle. How the fuck you don't go to the ground in a 15-minute match? Yeah. You know, it's in a 15 minute jujitsu match. It's just, it's bizarre. It was very bizarre, like you said. And at some point, like, yeah, two guys who aren't necessarily guard pullers at maybe the 10 minute mark, does it creep into one of your minds? Like, maybe I should sit down. Maybe I should, like, it was just, it was very strange. It was a very peculiar match. But there were a few fights on this card that I think had a lot of interest going in. And I really wanted to talk about like three or four of them. And I'm sure you have a couple you want to talk about as well. And I'm sure that they overlap and they're the same. Yeah. So I, I like, I don't want to spend too much time on the Wagner hanger match. I, I think that that if, if anybody follows Michael Sears, Michael Sears, friend of the show, if anybody follows Michael Sears on Instagram, um, he's the who's number one matchmaker, and he was posting shit on his Instagram story that would that expressed like some serious displeasure with the way that that yeah. So I don't know if they're going to be part of this tournament in September. I mean, it's it's kind of hard not to put Wagner in there because you know he's stepped up and he's fought you know, and I know Gordon has always said that Wagner is like a, a boring fighter, but I I, I think he's good. But who knows? I, I don't want to spend too much time on that because there were a ton, ton of good matches. I think I'm guilty of it, too. I think a lot of times when people see a match that goes to a decision, they sort of not write it off, but it doesn't like carry as much weight or they don't think the performance was as good. But Nikki Ryan's performance in a decision win over Gabriel Ameda, like Nikki's passing was fun to watch. There was a lot of action and a lot of movement, and I thought it was a very good match for Nikki. I don't like this. Is he's starting to look like a man? You know what I mean? He doesn't look. Like, I mean, he's he, 19 years old. He's not a 14 yeah, year old anymore. But I know what you're right, saying. I, but I, I you know what I point. mean? Like it just goes to show you. Like everyone came to like he be he became he gained all this notoriety when he was like a 14 or a 15 year old kid. But he just he just you know he's he's getting bigger he's he's getting better every single time gordon after the match posted something and said that nicky ryan only went at about 40 30 to 40 percent of his of his uh capabilities there yeah but like you know giant giant handful of salt from you know his brother yeah oh yeah yeah but he he made it seem as though like training room Nicky Ryan is lights out. He actually said that if Nicky Ryan, who shows up in the training room every day, were to enter the ADCC absolute, he would win. I don't know about that. I don't train with Nicky Ryan. Um, I think Nicky Ryan is a favorite for 77 kilos. He keeps getting fucking I agree. bigger. I don't. I don't know if he's going to go. Is 66. he still going to be at seventy-seven kilos? In no, no. So he, I think he was at sixty-six before. Um, yeah. But I think he'll be at seventy-seven now. He, he's he's fucking big. 
Gabrielle Almeida is legitimate, and I thought that Nikki controlled that entire match. I, th- I thought it was a good match. Yes, I agree. Almeida is is very good, and that's sort of the thing that with who's number one, we say it a lot, but we almost don't have to where we say, you know, so-and-so won against so-and-so opponent, and that opponent is really, really good. Everyone on who's number one is really, really good. Nobody is not good on who's number one. Right, right. I okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. That I I I'm, I'm not saying you I'm not saying I'm not saying no, you, no, I'm not you, saying you're not you don't say it. I say it every single time and I I'm, I I catch myself being like we're not on who's number 1. You know, like me and you aren't on who's number 1. Like everyone is good on who's number 1. It's just yeah. It's such it's such a crazy thing that Nikki Ryan wins a decision over Almeida and people would be like, "Oh, you know, a decision, oh, whatever. You didn't get the finish." And it's like not many people are going to get the, the the finish against Almeida. Almeida is very, very good. And I would agree with Gordon's assessment that Nicky Ryan is probably better than what we saw in this match, but he still looked really good in this match. Yeah, he did. And and when they when these guys first started coming up, Obviously, they were known for their um, like their leg entanglements and their their leg locks and everything. His game's really expanding. His his top game, you know, his, he was he was slicing through Almeida's guard. Gabriel Almeida did a phenomenal job of escaping back control, like on more than one occasion. And yep. if any anyone who's familiar with you know the Danaher squad knows that their back control is top notch. So if you can get out of their back control, like that says a lot about your abilities. But yeah, it was a no-brainer. Nikki had him on the ropes, and you know it, he was the clear winner in that match. One of the matches I was most intrigued by going into this event, outside of the main event, was the co-main, which was Mikey Musumeci, and a real test for him. No gi, and my man looked good. My man looked real good getting a heel hook win. So Mikey was ranked number seven in no gi as a bantamweight, right? You can say whatever you want about rankings. You know, when people put out rankings, even if it's like a, a highly regarded site like Flow, the the rankings are they're going to be disputed. So Mikey was ranked number seven, which, you know, people are like, it's fucking bullshit. He shouldn't be ranked number seven. But up until his last Nogi match, he had he hadn't fought Nogi. You know, I think right. it's brown belt. I could be wrong. Mike, you can let us know if, if Mike was wrong about that when you come on the show. Answer my DM and. Let's talk. So he's seated number seven, and Lucas Pinheiro, we'll just call him Lucas so I don't offend anybody by my pronunciation, but Lucas is number one. He's the number one bantamweight in the world, Alvatos. He's number one. Yeah. And Mikey fucking ran through him. He's the number yeah. one bantamweight in the world. The number one. Like, this fucking kid's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Well, that was the thing with, you know, with coming into this match when it was Mikey's a gi player, Mikey's a gi player. How's he going to do with no gi? Mikey's a gi player. And obviously this was a big test for him with a guy who's ranked as the best in the world at that weight class in no gi and Mikey finished him. So with a heel hook, with a heel hook. So I think that maybe some of those questions about whether Mikey is going to do well in no gi or not probably got answered. And I think, uh, I think we are falling into I'm excited for ADCC and I, I'm like looking at things like ADCC is this fall, not next fall, but there's a long time to go between now and ADCC, but keep going, Nogi, Mikey, because I want to see you make a run at ADCC. And we'll talk about it when you come on the show. 
yeah, he is. It it was incredible. He afterwards he had said that he hadn't taken a day off since his last fight at who's number one, and that he had trained twelve hours every day. Um, he's just eat eating, sleeping, living jujitsu. Uh, it's it was so impressive. I mean, I, before we we came on the show today, I'm like thinking to myself, like, what was more impressive? Was it him? You know, running through the number one um, guy in the world at his weight class with a move that you know heel hooks aren't legal, you know, aren't legal in the gi, and they just became legal in IBJJF and Nogi, which he hasn't done since brown belt. So it's probably not a technique that he was, you know, super proficient in. You know, when he was just training in the game, whatever. Or is it Craig Jones who steps in on two and a half, three weeks notice and takes on a guy 30 pounds heavier than him? And I, I, they can, I don't know, they can split it. They can split the performance and the night bonus. They were both fucking incredible. It was, it was so cool to see. But that just really goes to show the quality of the event that who's number one puts on where you have all of these great matches, minus one boring one, where... We're like arguing over who had the better performance and like top to bottom, just a fun card to watch. And I can't think of a time when who's number one got done and I texted you, man, that was a boring event. Like they just don't happen. There's always action. There's always good matches on these cards. So Jessica Khan and Patty Fontes is a Jessica Khan is, is an animal. Um, I'm sure she's going to be in that 115 pound bracket in September. So Patty is too. Patty was Patty's a, a black belt world champion. You know she's no fucking yeah. Patty Patty ain't no slouch. Micah Galvo wins brown belt no gi pants and then um, fights. I think it was Andrew Tackett. Yeah, he fought Andrew Tackett. Right. Who is William Tackett's brother? So Gordon was calling for the Micah Galvo versus Nikki Ryan match. I would I would pay legitimate money to watch that match on pay-per-view it'll be very interesting to see him against Nikki ryan well it was cool for him too because flow grappling was really pushing him a lot in the lead up to this event a lot of stuff on their instagram a lot of the content they were putting out was really pushing him and i think sometimes that can put a lot of pressure on a competitor where you know you're getting a good push from the company you want to work for and fight for the top company in the world you go out and deliver, like, yeah, good shit, yeah, yeah. good shit. When you're talking about these kids, like, you're talking about like Nicky Ryan, 19 years old. I don't know how old Micah is, but I, I, I would venture to say he's right around that age. Um, Cole Abate was on that show. Cole Abate is like 17 years old. He's a blue belt. Yeah, he's um, a blue belt. Under Rafael and Key Mendez at AOJ. He's a fucking blue belt. This kid's 17 years old on the biggest stage in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Cole Abate actually went up against one of the Pedago guys, Andrew Wiltsy's brother, Bird. If you've watched the Daisy Fresh things, Bird is legit. Like, he's trained in that room full of monsters, and this fucking 17-year-old kid from AOJ comes on the biggest stage in grappling, and I, the, I don't even think the match went five minutes. He had him in a triangle, and then he, then he ended up uh, locked in an arm bar and, and tapping them in under five minutes. Kids impressive. aren't like norm. They're not like normal kids. You know what I mean? Like these aren't kids who are <laughs> yeah. getting shook by being, you know, f- by fighting in front of thousands of people. So 
it's it's really cool to see. Well, that's like we said in the intro. We had some of the best guys, some of the top names in the sport, and you had these. We shouldn't use the word kids because they could murder us both, but like these yeah. very young grapplers who can't, in some cases, vote yet, and they went out there mm-hmm. and they put on they put on a, a great performance. We touched on the the main event. Obviously, Craig Jones won. Big fan. Craig, come on the show. Answer my DM. I posted the breakdown of it. The next who's number one event is I think it's like two, three weeks. I think it's it's June 18th, and it's Craig Jones versus Ty Rotolo. By the time you're listening to this episode or watching this episode, if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're only on the audio version, why not check out the YouTube page where you can watch the Fucking video version? Smash that like. subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button. You probably know more matchups than we know right now. I think that they're supposed to trickle out throughout the course of the upcoming week. Right now, the only match that we know about is the Craig Jones versus Ty Rotolo match. This match was supposed to happen in April. Craig had to back out of the match because he posted on Instagram. He had like adverse reactions to the COVID vaccination. Now it's obviously the main event of the next two's number one. So it's a fight that we've been looking forward to seeing for a couple months now by the time it actually happens. So your thoughts. I don't know. Before you do your thoughts, before you do your thoughts, before you do your thoughts, you are fanboy for the Rotolos just as much as I'm fanboy for Craig Jones. So yeah, might get heated. Yeah. I, I, I think they're 17 years old. They're younger than Nikki Ryan. Nikki Ryan ended up subbing one of them at the ADCC West Coast Trials for the last ADCC. And then since then, um, I think it was Ty Rutolo ended up, I think, taking fourth at two th- at the 2019 ADCCs. These kids are just, they're incredible. They're incredible. It's really hard for me to to say that Craig Jones is going to lose this match. I just don't I don't see that happening. I think that Craig Jones is going to win the match. I agree. I th- I think Craig is very very good. I think he has a lot more experience. He's going to be the bigger fighter and I think we should I don't want to keep having to say the caveat with Gordon out, but with Gordon out, I think Craig is, you know, one of the the top people in the world and the Rotolos can and probably will be some of the top people in the world. But I think if this match happens in five years, the result would be different than what it's going to be in a couple of weeks. But I, I agree. I think that Craig Jones will win. I'm I'm interested to see what other matches they put on this card. You know, it's a, it's enough time in between the card we just had and the card that's coming up that it is a quick turnaround, but we could see some of the people we just saw compete compete again in some different matchups and i think that's one of the things that's exciting about who's number one is everyone is really good like i said a few minutes ago so you can end up with these matchups that you could be headliners on any other card so if you guys didn't listen to the michael sears thing this who's number one production um it was not this specific production but the idea of who's number one was initially a a wrestling like it was a wrestling production. So what they would do was it was they would take the top high school wrestlers in the country like and they would they would try to get like the number 1 and number 2 seeds by their, you know, in their rankings and they would compete. 
So when it's sw- and they would do it once a year. So when it switched over to the to the grappling world, it was it was more frequent than that, but it's really picked up. The frequency of these shows has really picked up and it's awesome. It kind of reminds me of like the old school like when the UFC used to have like an event like every 3 or 4 months. Now it's fucking happening like you get a UFC show every 2 or 3 weeks. Um hopefully we get that. Hopefully that you know these guys are able to put on these great shows much more frequently. And we can keep talking about them. When they put on shows frequently, some criticism of the UFC model has that been that the, the product gets watered down and each event isn't as good. Could that potentially happen with jujitsu? It, it could. I don't think who's number one doing one show a month as opposed to no. four a year is going to water the product down. If we start going to, yeah, they're going to put shows on once a week, then yeah, that's, that's a different conversation. But that's sort of where Fight to Win falls in. There's a Fight to Win almost every week when they're running. So you have, I say this as a person who competes on Fight to Win, you have lesser matches on Fight to Win. You can still watch 20 grappling matches, but you're going to watch me versus somebody. You're not going to watch Craig Jones versus somebody. And the top two or three fights on the fight to win cards are going to be people that you know. Maybe we'll watch you versus Craig Jones. I don't think that Michael Sears wants to waste money putting on an event to watch me try to survive against Craig Jones for 15 seconds. But I'm available. When you go to who's number one, it's all top guys because they're doing the shows, I think, at a really good schedule. It's not so many shows that you water it down, but it's enough shows that I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I don't have to wait that long. Yeah. Best of both worlds. You know, the, the turnaround time between jiu-jitsu matches, like you, could, you could fight five, you know, you go to jiu-jitsu tournaments, you have five, ten matches a day. So a tur- turnaround time of a week isn't, you know, taxing. You know, barring any... It's not barring- as taxing, it's the prep, it's the, maybe if you're cutting weight, and it's the being available. You know what I mean? Craig Jones is doing the the stimulus tour package and he's got seminars and shit booked for however long a lot of these guys yeah they're making money from these who's number one events but they're making more money by teaching and doing seminars and traveling so it's more of a i would say scheduling thing as opposed to damage to your body but the event that's coming up in three weeks we only know one match on there that's what like justin just said michael sears after this last show came out and announced that in September they're going to have eight-man brackets for a bunch of different weight classes. So I pulled them up on my phone just so I can I, – I don't fuck it up. So the the weight classes are going to be women's 115 pounds, women's heavyweight, men's 155, men's 185, and men's heavyweight. So five – brackets eight person brackets first place is thirty thousand dollars second place is fifteen thousand dollars and and third place is seventy five hundred so fifty two thousand five hundred times five these fucking guys are paying roughly two hundred and fifty grand a little bit more actually um to the to the fighters here it's going to be it's September 25th and 26th. Well, the way I interpreted what Sears had said on Instagram was that the rankings were now going to be based sort of off of all of the matches they've done at who's number one leading up to this. And that would sort of determine the invitations and the seeds. 
Also, if you go creeping through the comments, like your boy, people were asking and he was responding that it's already, they already know who the competitors are. There's yep. no like, so it's already, we just don't know who they are. Yep. Like, me and you in the world don't know. And you might be, you might know audience member by the time this comes out, but it's already set. It's already happening. We They know who's in this event and it's going to be the who's number one itself is the best fighters. This is going to be the best of the best fighters competing for, like Mike said, you know, a little more than a quarter of a million dollars in combined payouts. So this is going to be you see the production they put into a regular who's number one event. Imagine the production that we're going to see for the biggest who's number one event of all time. Think UFC 200 level production. Like that's how I'm comparing it in my brain. It's going to just be, it's going to be amazing. I had two ideas about this. One is kind of possible. You want me to fight Gordon? No, I, I don't want, I, I don't want that. Cause I need, as much as I hate to admit it, I need you for the other half of this show. And I don't know that you would come back if you fought Gordon. But my idea number one was, when we did talk to Michael Sears, you know, we talked about maybe going out to, to some of these events and it would be a good road trip in September where we could, you could drive because you're afraid of flying like Mr. T on the A-team and I would fly first class because I'm the star and we could go and maybe interview some people at the event and actually like, you know, watch the event in person. The slightly more realistic possibility is that you and I watch this live and we sort of do a live viewing where we could have a camera watching us watching yeah. the show. So Hopefully we have a fucking studio by then. Well, you know, more behind the scenes. Stay tuned. But yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great event and I'm very excited for it. And we have, I would say probably what, at least three more who's number ones will probably happen before that. So it's a good time to have a flow grappling subscription. And I know a lot of the internet hates flow grappling, but why look like yeah it's expensive it's 150 bucks a year it's it's whatever okay yeah i don't get I've it i've never had a problem with streams dropping out where people get all mad i've never had a problem with it and this is the event they're putting on so if you want to watch really good matches it's worth your like a little more than 10 bucks a month 12 12 12 50 a month we'll call it i'm an i'm not a mathematizer all right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. As always, we put the links below to our social media accounts. So if you want to follow us individually or if you want to follow the show, just give those links a click and check it out. We also put the link below to our YouTube page. If you go there, you're going to be able to find a ton of content, breaking news, analysis, match highlights, technique breakdowns, YouTube shorts. Um, Justin's been killing it with the content. So give that link a click. Check that out as well. If you want to support the show, there's also a link below to our Patreon account where we have tons of bonus content, and it's a great way to help us put out as much content for you as possible. Another great way to help out the show is by writing a review on whichever app you're using right now to listen to the show. It's a huge help for us, and we really appreciate it. Say, we're never fighting for who's number one. Never say never. Never say never. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.